podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It is the Anfield Wrap in association with Redsbet. 50% of their profits go to fan-related causes and fan-related media as well. Uh, so if you are interested, redsbet.com, please do always be responsible in the decisions that you make around that sort of thing. Uh, it is the Anfield Wrap and we are here today to talk about Liverpool 2, Chelsea 0. And I've got James Sutton, Gareth Roberts and a returning resurgent Paul Cope. Uh, and let's first and foremost just want to be clear why we're doing this on Tuesday the Anfield app doesn't release anything on the anniversary uh, on the 15th of April uh, so we've held back for a day but we have not held back our excitement Paul what 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 a goal oh incredible yeah incredible I keep we, we've had lots of chats about this the, pre- the pressure on my return to Anfield was <laughs> the most I've felt in my adult life I think so I, I'm not sure there was a happier man in the stadium than you me. Yeah. You and Mo Salah, the when, two happiest. When that went in, I, was, I think I I think I beat Salah. <laughs> if, if, he, if they don't win that match, Salah can stay in Liverpool. Everyone's happy with that. There was a taxi waiting for me. <laughs> if, if we'd have lost after being away for so long, the, the jinx like shouts from my mate, I was ready to just leave. Just just walk straight out the ground, get straight in a cab, go to John Lennon, never, never come, come back. back yeah. yeah, Never come to another game, burn all the clothes I was wearing. <laughs> I had a tweet lined up, ready to apologise to everyone. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. I knew it, I knew it was... I knew it was a risk. So yeah, what what a goal. And where I was sitting as well, I was high up in the main stand, but it was on the line of it as well. I I think there's nothing better than that in a game. When when you're behind the line of the ball and once he's hit it, you're like, it's in. Either way, if if, if it's coming towards you, if the net wasn't there, it hit you in the face on the one side or if you're behind it on the other and when you know, this is is a goal. Well, I've not seen that angle actually. I'd love to see that angle from the fella behind the goal when it's coming straight at him. And he's like, yeah, that's in. What a, what a hit. Un- incredible. And and do you know what? Both goals. Because everyone's going to rave off Salah's, obviously, and rightly so, because it was it was incredible. But the, the first goal, they're, they're the types of goals where I'm looking at that going, this is a league winning side. This is how you this is how you win games like this. It's James, both goals, Paul is right to, to cite both goals, both goals were explosions and they were explosions for the atmosphere. But the the second, the thing about it is the goalkeeper's on the right side. And he can get nowhere near it. He hits it that hard that the goalkeeper is basically... He, he's hes not that far away from it, but he's never, ever, ever getting there. Mohamed Salah can kick a football at 74 miles an hour, I think it clocked in at that goal. <laughs> 74 miles. Just just think about what's, what a car doing 74 miles an hour towards you looks like. And that's what that keeper had to put up with. Nobody's saving that. And actually, if you if you watch it back as well, the flight of that ball, you can see the detail on the ball. He hits it that sweetly. It's very, very rare that you get a, to, an opportunity to see a goal like that. I mean, my God. Uh, I, I love all the commentaries around it. Like someone's c- compiled all of them. Because obviously, you know, like it's on, in, it's on in this country, it's on in America, it's on abroad, it's on in Egypt or whatever. Someone's like just compiled them all. <laughs> and it's, it, it's a great watch. And it, it's funny because obviously... You know, commentators are by and large brilliant at the job, and and they've done all the prep and they're, they're ready for any eventuality. But I love it when they're not. Yeah, you know? yeah. So just to go. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Everything goes out the window. And it's just, just a just like a noise. It's just a fella losing his shit. Yeah. Ooh. And, and that's what they all did. That's what they all did. They're not fluent. And to be fair, that's what I did as well. I mean, you know, I'm I'm on the cop and like. I think I just went fucking out, <laughs> and then like honestly, like I mean, I know you know people always talk about sort of tumbling down rows of seats, but that was an absolute classic of its type. There was a fella behind me came down about five rows, but his his feet were still on the row he came from. You know what I mean? <laughs> and everyone sort of had to like stand him back <laughs> into, into position and just say, "You're all right, mate. Great that one." 
But yeah, it was it was it was an absolute banger, wasn't it? And I think um, you know all season there's been this really boring conversation about Mo from people who don't support Liverpool about one season wonder and all this bollocks. You know he's equal top scorer in the Premier League right now. He's just scored an absolute belter. And look, even if you want to dig down into all the stats, they all say he's good. Um, basically, you know what he did last season was amazing and and he was scoring goals that weren't goals like you know that's a goal that's not a goal you know no one's sitting down calculating expected goals is saying that's going in the back of the net and that's what was happening last season there was lots of goals that weren't goals if you like this season he's reverted to being only exceptional rather than outstanding <laughs> um and, and you know i'm all right with that but it, you know if we can find this other man who scores goals like that regularly for, for you know the most important part of the season and what a prospect that is but also to do it in a, in, in a game of that you know of that magnitude yeah. as well that means so much and also you know you, you, you know the, 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 the narrative that's been thrown around in the week building up to it you know obviously with the you know the Chelsea fans singing the songs that they were singing and all that sort of stuff and you know the media is kind of um, you know they're, they're, they're putting across this 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 narrative of you know they're, they're trying to get the word slip into every single yeah. you know ounce you know every every newspaper every you turn on Sky Sports and it's all oh, hope Liverpool don't slip up and to, to score a goal like that in that context I think is just you know it's just absolutely incredible and it's and that's you know for me that's that's what these boys are doing week in week out you know they're overcoming these these obstacles that are you know you know it's uh, be it um you know, be it Tottenham, Tottenham are a great side, you know, we expect to drop points against them, they overcome that Southampton away, that's a difficult place to go, not for these boys, you know, every single obstacle that's put in front of them, they overcome it. There's something on the goal, Gareth, it reminded me, remember we, we, going all the way back to pre-season when me and you were stood next to each other and we we, we just did it watching them warm up, just do, just just doing some shooting drills and the, the last couple... Mo just lets loose. Yeah. And I remember there was one that he hit at me and you. If we'd have been a bit closer, we would have held each other mm. because it was like, oh, he just, and I, but that to do that, as James is saying, to do the, the thing that you do in training that flies in the top corner at 70 miles an hour when you're just, when you're at your most relaxed, when there's, when the, well, there's me and you around, but there's no one around to do that when, you're in front of the world media, 55,000 people, all the shit pre-match as well, which will be yeah. somewhere in his psyche. To just do that, produce that there, and then it's, you know, it's it's one of the best moments of his life. I mean, like, never mind ours. And, what, and what's brilliant about it as well is that, you know, what Mo says afterwards, which is that, like, he didn't even think about it. And so if he didn't even think about it, that's a man who's just playing football and enjoying himself. And if he's just playing football and enjoying himself when there's so much attempts to put pressure on Liverpool right now in terms of, you know, oh, the title race, everyone's got their own, you know, their own bit of music, their own way of presenting the stats, their own way of making it really, really dramatic. And, you know, I just think like Klopp and the rest of the team must be doing a fantastic job at keeping them all grounded. I mean, I just read on the way in then that, you know, Robertson and Milner just sat off watching the golf before they went out and played. And it's like, you know, here you are in, you know, arguably your toughest game left. And, and, and City, you know, are doing what they're doing against Crystal Palace. And you just sort of an arse and you're watching golf. <laughs> and, then, and then you go out and smash Chelsea. Brilliant. They're, they're, cele they're celebrating this pressure. They're, you know, it, it, it turns these lads on. They love these occasions. You know, Andy, Andy Robbo, you know, cares so little for the narrative that he pretends to fall over in, <laughs> in the second half yeah. just so he can lash something on Instagram for some likes later on that <laughs> evening. I mean, that's how little these boys care about what's going on around, you know, outside the football club. It's professionalism coupled with unbelievable desire. I think, Paul, that's my... my that's what I thought I was watching on on Sunday. The first half, hugely, hugely professional. And then he gets them in and he obviously says, you know, there's a period of time where you can really get at these here. Mm. They're not wound up. They're not, they're not wound up like they're irresponsible. But they then go and play with an, un, an unrivalable 
intensity for 10 or 15 minutes immediately after the half-time whistle and get themselves into the situation where they're, 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 just, they're just utterly dominant. Yeah, it's it's an incredible football team. It's been it's been really interesting being away for ten weeks and sort of watching it from a distance and listening to all of you rather than being in it and and part of it all the time. And the the one thing that I I, I don't know whether there's anyone who's not on board with this yet. This is the greatest Liverpool football team I've ever seen in my adult, adult life because we've seen combinations of these different things in the past and we've seen bits and bobs here and there. We've seen pragmatism. We've seen explosiveness. I've never seen a team like this that's got it all and sort of just instinctively knows when to do what. It was interesting listening. I was listening to Klopp's post-match press conference on the way in and he was talking about how even the, the spine of our team against the spine of their team and how well it did considering how good their spine is. And he was saying we didn't give them any, we didn't detail anything. So we didn't say to Firmino and Fabino, so this is what you do, mate. You, you've got to look after Jorginho and you've got to look after Kante, whatever. It was just, no, you're big boys. You know what we do. You know how to do this. You know what you're doing. And they did. And it was like, it was the best I've seen. And when you've got that type of professionalism, I don't know, elite mentality, and then coupled with, I think one of the big things is there was a moment in the first half when people are talking about atmosphere. I felt there was a moment in the first half where the crowd did get tense and there was almost a groan. And I thought, oh, are we going the other way again? And almost as if the whole crowd went, no, we don't want to go there, so we won't. But the players didn't get like that at all. The players are just like, no, no, no. Nil-nil at half-time against Chelsea is absolutely fine. And then we can come out and we can do what we can do. We know we can win late. And it that, it ties into the stuff you're saying about the goal and, and things as well. And it ties into Henderson's goal from a few weeks ago. You've got this sort of calmness and professionalism, but then you've also got the you-can-all-fuck-off side of it. Like when, when Salah hits that, that shot, it's like, fuck off. All of you fuck. And it was the same with Henderson when he scored, mm. cupping his ears to the crowd. And he's like... Come on, this is what this is what it's about. This is how we win the league, and I've never seen this combination before, and it's it's incredible. It's they're able to be Gareth. It was, for instance, a start that you could describe as cagey uh, with both sides, but I think it's cagey from Chelsea because they're trying to cage things, and Liverpool are just thinking our time's going to come. They trust their own half times. They trust what they get, what the, the information they get at half time. They trust they're going to improve as the, as the half wears on. They trust the defense. They trust the goalkeeper. They trust the back line. So they don't feel as though they've got to force the issue. They, they, there's an expectation, but well, we're not going to concede more than one. So we're going to be all right on that score. And then they trust. I think they trust their own fitness. I think they know mm. that when it when when it comes, they're going to be they're going to be fitter than the opponents. That they're either going to be fitter than the opponents in a burst they choose or they're going to finish the game fitter than their opponents. And I think these three things are part of what's given them such confidence in each other. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you can tell that they're just drilled in the sort of the, the process of being a great football side that can win matches and, and win in lots of different ways now. And they're all confident. They're all happy that they are where they are through ability and through how good they are, not through some kind of fluke. And, and it's not like sort of red zone stuff like 13, 14, and a bit like, oh, hello, what we do here? Um, it's more like this is where we should be. We're absolutely brilliant, and that that you can tell is drilled into them. And I thought, yeah, Chelsea were organised, and as you say, maybe a bit cagey. But Liverpool still creating chances there. I mean, Mo should score. He swing, he swings at one a little bit and scuffs it, and doesn't quite get the purchase on it that he should. But that any other time, that's going in the back of net. Mane has a decent chance as well. Um, there's the one that I think it's flagged offside, but there's nearly two of them on the end of it just before um, yep. the half-time whistle goes. So there's a, the chances there, and Chelsea didn't really offer anything too much going the other way. You know, it wasn't particularly worrying. I mean, even across the ninety, you know, yeah, there's there's obviously the little the little mad period where Eden Hazard hits the post. 
and, and Liverpool and maybe a little bit gungo at, at that moment, just spared on by the crowd and spared on by knowing how good they are. But I think the half-time thing's really interesting because I've mentioned before that, you know, I, like my, many other people, have a pint at half-time. And uh, I've honestly missed so many goals this season because it, it's a thing that Liverpool are doing coming out the blocks after our time. Now, whether that's, you know, the manager doing a bit of a hairdryer, whether that's just sort of the analysis that they've had and, and the, you know, they all come out buoyed by the fact, right, OK, let's go and do it. But whatever the reason, they're coming out at that time. And I, I just wonder whether it's that simple that they're just saying, listen, this is a time when people might switch off a little bit. You know, they're having their half-time gels or whatever or getting a little massage or whatever they're doing. And he's, you know, maybe the manager, maybe the staff are just saying, this is this is a moment where they might be slightly switched off. So go out and scare them, like go and turn it up to eleven as soon as you, as soon as the ball's back on the pitch there, and see what happens. And I, it, it's too, it, it's it's happened too many times now for it not to be, a, um, a, you know, something that they're planning on. It, it it felt almost. I I wasn't there. I watched it. I watched it on telly. Um, it felt almost like we were waiting for them to blink or waiting for them to. Um, to draw breath before cranking it up to eleven, it, it, it all, it, it, I don't, I don't know how that happens unless there's communication between the team, or it literally. It, 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 I mean, watching it on telly, it suddenly, it seemed like it just happened in 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 a heartbeat. We went from sort of okay, this is quite cagey, and we're still trying to figure out, you know, how to how to how to break through them, um, to all of a sudden it just turned into heavy metal fucking chaos, brilliant, wonderful chaos for like 10, 15 minutes. But there's a there's an incredible um, just going back to what you were saying before, Paul, about um, these these players really not only they trust in their fitness, but they they trust in each other. This is this is a this is a team that has more um, more trust and more balance than I think I've seen in my lifetime. Mm. You know, all the all the way through the squad. You know, in previous seasons we've had it where you know our, our, our going forward we've been incredible, but we've been shaky at the back and. There's never been. I don't think. I think it does boil down to that trust. But this this season, for the first time, I mean, I just, I, I you know, I don't. I, I'm not worried at all watching any of any of these matches. Yeah, I, th- I think there's something in in the idea of you just send them out as Gareth says, maybe to trap, maybe to have the idea that they are that they're gonna. They they feel as though they've got through the first half now, lads. Let's really show them what this is about. I think there might be a bit of that. I do think as well. If you are Klopp, you are aware that at some sort of point. Higuain's going to emerge or Giroud's going to emerge Hazard's going to go out to the left that is a thing that's going to happen but it's not going to happen before 60 unless you make it happen boys it's not going to happen before 60 there's 15 minutes here of dealing with the reality of the opposition that we've just had in the first half and this is how we do that better and I think all of that plus I think the idea of you know it's on the line here lads let's let's ratchet it up builds to the crescendo for this game yeah, I mean, there's so much goes into it, isn't it? it, it it's funny. It, it is funny watching this stuff from a distance and seeing the people who still think. I remember people saying this about Barcelona. One of, one of my uncles did about the, the great Barcelona team under Pep, and he was and he, and he used to point at it and say, "See, mate, that's why it, that footy's dead simple." And I go to him, "No, you've got this the wrong way round, mate. This is not an example of how footy's dead simple. This is an example of how incredible football managers and incredible players can make something extremely complex look really simple so that people like you make stupid comments like that. And that's where we've got to with this Liverpool side now. It's dead easy to go, oh, they're just brilliant. But even you just need to listen to the things Klopp sort of drops into press conferences about these bits and bobs. And Sean said something while I was away about um, when we played Spurs and Pochettino sitting in the stand with his analysts. And he's like, yeah, it's hard to play against that. 
because he's sitting next to two lads who've got all the data in front of them saying, yeah, just do this, this and this and add that to your abilities and we're going to make it really tough for them. So when Klopp's saying, yeah, we come in at half-time, we look at a few things, it's no surprise that straight after half-time, the lad's like, okay, yeah. Because mm-hmm. now we've been in the middle of this battle and we're trying to sort of figure it out as we go along. We come off and we've got 10 minutes of someone saying, yes, so the bits you haven't figured out yet are this, this and this, just do that. But all of a sudden there was like, there's, there's four, fives and sixes in, in, in the box all of a sudden. Exactly. All of a sudden, you know, like everyone's further forward, everyone's penning them in a lot more. You know, it was definitely a... Let's let us let us bang it up, and and I think that's that that's brilliant what you're just saying there, Neil. I never thought of it like that. In that you know, they might even be looking at it to that extent where they're saying, you know, that this is what their plan is. So let's fuck their plan. Up. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's a big fifty. Um, yeah. But it, Klopp said again, and I love it when he says stuff like this. Now it takes us back to the big instant we had before I went away. With you make a comment about something, and the whole world goes mad. He. Like he, whenever he goes to mention the weather in any way, he's like, <laughs> "All right, so I'm gonna, I'll just warn you in advance, lads. I'm gonna talk about the wind now." But he's like, "It's just so you know, it's a thing." Mm. Like in the first half, we're playing into the wind, and anyone who's ever played sport in their life, we we like we know that's a thing. I, I love it when people have this idea that just because you're a professional, it doesn't matter anymore. You're like, it does, mate. You can beat the wind. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These are good. Like the, the game the other week where the, the ball got played over the top to Salah and him and the defender literally ran past it because it changed direction and they looked at each other. These are elite. There's the, the best footballers you've got and they're looking at each other going, that was mad, wasn't it? That's, that's what happens to us in Sunday League footy. It's the same thing. So when he's like, yeah, like this is a thing. In the first half, we're playing into the wind, and afterwards, we're playing with it behind us, and it makes it well easier. Uh, yeah, I think there's definitely something in that. There's something else, though, Gareth, which you and I talked about on Sunday night a little bit, which is there's a ton of quality, but there's also a hell of a lot of grit and snide. There's the early yeah. stuff on Hazard. Yeah. pull around the referee as well. I mean, Michael Oliver must have just wanted Henderson to fuck off by the end of the game. You're doing me, I mean, you're giving me a headache here. There's the idea that Liverpool decided he was or wasn't talking to the referee. Yeah. It had a bit of everything, didn't they, really? Yeah, I loved. I absolutely loved that because, you know, we, we've been doing this for a long time. We've seen lots of uh, different Liverpool sides in, in that time and there's been plenty of times, I think, where we've all had the conversation about, you know, how come other teams do this? How come, you know, they time waste? How come they do the darker arts? How come they're in the referee's face? How come they... Do, do all these little things and, and we don't and this Liverpool side does all those things as well and you know it, there was one way you could see someone like legging over to get in the ref here to be saying that there's a card there and Van Dijk's literally blocking them off telling them to do one getting them away from the referee and saying something to the referee himself um, and, and, and there was loads of that it was like you know okay Hazard's through the middle is he then well if you're through the middle then you're up against Grox and Terras and this is what they do boom <laughs> and it was like you know and, and, and you know Fabinho was great as well um, loads, of, loads of snide and snarl in his performance but also quality as well um, and you know just, just the intensity that Liverpool play at and the, the way they're able to dial it up like they do you know he there was there was a run I noticed eighty odd minutes and it was it was Robertson no surprise but he's there sort of charging up and down that wing at that time of a match knowing that you know Europe's to come knowing that there's another match next weekend knowing that he's like months and months and months into a really hard season and so I think you know the point made before as well about the fitness is absolutely right like the the, the fitness at Liverpool is absolutely mad I mean I seen a stat that um, Fabinho basically ran seven miles. Um, in in that game, I mean, fucking hell! I couldn't run seven miles without a footy. Never mind which one. <laughs> yeah, uh, seven miles at that pace as well, yeah. uh, all the way through. Um, James, seven miles of shuttle runs. 
It is. It's seven miles of shuttle runs. That's yeah. the bit I won't yeah. forget. I mean, Charlie Adam used to put an unbelievable numbers in terms of the ground covered and over the course of the game, but then he'd, he'd just constantly be jogging. Yeah. yeah. It's, seven, <laughs> it's seven miles of short sprints, as you can see from the number of times you see Fabinho press after we've just lost the ball. I think it's something like 12 or 13 times he we lose the ball and Fabinho is within, the, within sight of the ball within five seconds, absolutely right on top, which is unbelievable reading of the game, but also the physical demands of that. It is one where... I think, James, we've been watching this mentality build that Gareth's talking about. I think it's part of the winning thing. I think it's the two go hand in hand, but sometimes one leads the other in a way that you wouldn't expect. There is a, you know, there is a, a, a determination to demonstrate superiority in every area of the game, and that also includes physically. Yeah, absolutely. But it only, but it only works if it if it comes off. And I know that sounds like quite an, you know, almost a, an obvious thing to say. But this, the, the steeliness and the grit and the the, the there's, there's almost I don't want to I don't want to use I hate to use the word arrogance but there isn't there is almost a we're gonna fucking beat you and it doesn't matter what you know if it's in the ninety twelfth minute with a mm. Divock Origi goal off the off the bar or you know if it's a, a, a you know an, an own goal in Tottenham's box there's a there's a sense that we are gonna beat you it just it's just a matter of time and I think for 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 the, for the team now to have that in your locker and to to have that confidence. Especially at home, with with five games to play, I mean, it's just it's it's apparent to everybody that you know that we play against. It's apparent to everybody in the media that the, that these lads are playing with a with a with a grit and a and a, and a determination and a, but also an, an enjoyment as well. Which you know, I, I, there was a I saw you saw after the match Henderson being interviewed, you know, and he's got a smile on his face and he's having a laugh and he's having a nice time. And this is a fella that's just been you know running into the box at every opportunity. You know, it's 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 incredible to see. It's one where I think it's having a nice time, and the it's interesting. James there mentions the wider country, Paul. You've met, you've been away, and I think we've because of the way social works and because of the way you, you end up locked in your Liverpool bubble to an extent. I think we've actually missed that. I think the country is onto the fact that this is the best title race to get in this decade, mm. and I think we've missed that. I think that's sort of gone out a bit, and look, because you're, you're used to you know all this nonsense with other supporters and all this sort of stuff. Well, you know, social media is not representative of humans, and on the whole, <clears throat> thank God, thank God, on the whole, people are actually bang into this. I think, I think this is fucking Evertonians, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, I mean, they're, they're trying their best, Gareth. Come on, um, I, 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 there is something where this is this is the one I think where everyone's everyone's onto this, and everyone's I just happened to listen to Radio 5 last night and normally it'd drive me mad for a number of different reasons but it wasn't just that they were being nice about Liverpool was the reason it didn't but actually it was just a general sort of this is great this is the absolute business you got to watch City beat Palace then you got to watch Liverpool do that to Chelsea and you're getting to see these two clubs go absolutely blow for blow with each other whilst never playing yeah and do you know what I've been saying for, for the past couple of weeks now because I, I want people to I want people to remember this no matter what happens no matter which of these teams finishes first and second when you say it's, it's the best title race of a decade. It's potentially the greatest title race of all time in football league history. This is this is where we're getting to with this. I, I remember saying at the start of the season, this you could be watching, Klopp could create the greatest Liverpool side of all time and it doesn't win the league. And that could still be the case. We are possibly and probably watching right now the greatest Liverpool league side of all time. And you can debate that with me as much as you want about sort of aesthetics and stuff like this. But it's going to get them, it's probably going to get the most points. Probably. In, and that's even taken into account the, the different points in the different yep. different eras and stuff. And one of these two teams, man, and I can imagine Guardiola and Klopp are already having, getting ready to have that phone call at the end of the season where they just phone each other and say, whichever way around it is, 
Sorry, mate. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's not fair. This, like, ultimately, this is just not fair. What? It, by right, both of us should have won this league by a by a country mile by now. And I think there's there's two sides to that. Yeah, one, I'm sure the, the country is enjoying the the title race. But the other side of it is, and this does factor in. Melred, he's done a great article on this about why there are so many people who are like don't want Liverpool to win the league. Because it's not like the Leicester League win and it's not like 13-14 where it's a, wow, plucky underdog is going to potentially upset the apple cart and take all these big boys down. This is a, Jesus Christ, if Liverpool win this league, they might win the next three. Mm. Like if Liverpool win this league, they, they could they could be another era of dominance. Well, I, 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 was, I wrote something yesterday. I was looking back at when we last won the league, 1990, and I did a bit of research around it. I went to the library, read a few like sort of old echoes and footy echoes from around the time. And it was really interesting because it was almost like like we were all a bit bored of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, like Jan Mulby's asking question, answering a question in the paper, basically saying... Like we're not fed up of winning things. People say, "Do you get fed up of winning things?" And I was, I was sitting there going, "Oh my god, this is mad to read now." <laughs> yeah. And and you know, I think it was ten titles in fifteen years. You know, and the, the one in nineteen nineties, the, the the last up to ten, obviously. And then we would have to wait all this time. But it, there's no doubt about it. Like that, it the Liverpool became blase about it. Like yeah. like we 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 all did at that time, and sort of. You know, there was obviously no internet then, no Twitter, no YouTube, and all the rest of it. And it's interesting from that perspective because the only places people had to vent was printed media, really. Obviously, phone ins, but there's no way of getting to them these days. But the, the the printed media stuff was interesting. Like the letters page of the Echo, literally the week that Liverpool win the league, 28th of April 1990, they win the league by beating QPR. And there's, there's letters that week on the Wednesday basically saying this is the worst Liverpool defence I've ever watched. Uh, the full-backs aren't good enough. Peter Beardsley's not good enough. There's not enough goals from midfield. And and it was all of these, you know, Bruce Grobelaar's dod- a dodgy keeper. All of these things. And I was just like, this is unbelievable. Like, if we could all go back in a DeLorean and speak to those lads and just say, <laughs> fucking hell, boys. Yeah. You're getting to see Liverpool win the league? Shut up, will you? Yeah. It's, re- it's reassuring to know that, you know, people were moaning back. I mean, it's still the same people now still saying that Henderson's not, you know, not good enough to be captain of this football club. It's, you know... Yeah. It's just football fans, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it, and it, it, that is. I, I did an article <laughs> for the first time in ages a few weeks ago, and said I know I know of a fella who, when we beat Palace nine nil, the first thing he said when he walked into the pub is that was shite. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I, I think about that a lot. Like it gives me comfort that these bellends have always they, been they, around. They've always it doesn't matter existed. how good you get. Yeah. Like, if we all think that one day this Liverpool side's going to be this like the greatest ever, and all these people are going to disappear. They won't. No, they absolutely will no. not. They'll be committed to it. Uh, Paul, I want to talk about Naby Keita and the dominance after the break. I think it's 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 a more understated role. Henderson gets the fantastic assist. Salah gets the unbelievable goal. Mane scores as well. But for me, Keita and Firmino are the pair of them, absolutely integral to what happens at between forty-five and sixty. And I think it's part of the reason why Keita needs to go off when he goes off is because mm-hmm. I think he does all this second half running in fifteen minutes. He's absolutely everywhere, winning it back on that side, feeding it across the other side. Firmino, likewise. Yeah, I, I think Keita's, we were chatting about him at half time. I think I think he's a bit of a mad player and I think he's going to take everyone a bit of time to get used to. And I, I think, look, we I've already said on this about football being complicated, but there's also parts of football like life that are really simple. And Mane said something about Keita a week ago where he's like, yeah, he scored, he scored goals and now he feels better. 
<laughs> like, <laughs> it's as simple as that sometimes. Yeah. And now he feels more confident. And he's actually, there's a little cl- uh, clip that did the rounds on Twitter where he's like, he gets the ball and he tells everyone else to, yeah, to yeah. chill out. And you're like, that little moments like that for me are really important. Because you know what it's like when you're playing footy and you're not playing well? You don't feel like you can do that most of the time. It takes it takes sort of really high level players to be like, no, no, I'm regardless of my performance, I can still dictate what goes on around me. The fact that he's getting to a point now where he feels comfortable. I remember Trent saying it a while ago, and it, it's slightly different as a kid, but he was saying when you first come into a dressing room, like you've gone from the, the the kids level where you're the main man, where you are telling everybody everything, and then you come into this dressing room, you're like, oh, I can't, I'm not going to say boot to a goose really, and it's getting to that point where you feel comfortable in that side to say, no, 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 I'm good, I can talk, I can take the free kicks, I can tell people to chill out. And they're the moments for me with Kaito where you think, yeah, this is this is getting somewhere now. And it's probably going to take a bit more time. And I mean, Manny said as well, there's a lot more to come from him. But at least the signs there, we, we were saying months ago, if you, there's a few players in the squad, there was everyone was holding on to Oxley chamberlain coming back in and, and sort of changing the end of the season. But I remember a few of us saying, well, you've got Kaito sitting there. And if he just clicks at some point, then that that's enough. He can feel like, uh, coming back from the international break, Gareth, he can feel like he's had a, a real part to play. Uh, yeah. Tottenham, uh, home, all right, he doesn't start that one, but then Southampton away, Porto, and now this one. I don't think he'll start the next game in Porto. I think he might be rested, but he's, this is, that, that, that's a, that's a week, that's, it's a run of games, it's three games in a week, effectively. I know it's nine days, uh, but he can feel like, yeah, this was, this is, this is, this is my massive contribution, because it has been a massive contribution beyond just the goals. Absolutely. And, and it's, it's fantastic, isn't it? I mean, what a, what a time to shine, really. And, you know, everyone's sort of been chipping away at, you know, the price paid for him and all the rest of it. And the fact that he's, he's in and out and he's not really getting a run. Does the manager trust him and all that sort of stuff? And he's coming now. He, he's starting to look the part. He's looking confident, as Paul says. And it's, it's a brilliant time for him to be doing all this because it's meant that, you know, Genie's been able to get that little breather as well. He, he needed that. He was looking like he was chugging a bit. Um, now he can come back in. You know, I, I imagine he comes in for, for Porto. Um, and, you know, we, we just talked about before the intensity of, of, of how Liverpool play and how they ramp it up and down at times as well to make it even more intense. That's just absolute graft, that. And, and I don't care who you are when you've got all these months of yeah. footy in your legs as well. It's really hard. It's really hard to be playing to that level um, now at this stage of the year as well. And that, you know that's where the phrase comes from, being on the beach. And obviously Liverpool have got a double to play for, so you don't expect them to be on the beach. But nevertheless, if if these boys had the, had the choice and like they were, you know they, they were out of the race and they, and they weren't involved in anything, you'd, you, you know you'd see matches that you've seen a million times when you've been going to match at this time of year where you're out of it where it's half fast, where it's getting knocked around and you might see something and you might not. And look, you know, the, the, the title race thing as well, I think is, you know, I'm always one of the first um, to, to get stuck into sections of the media, but equally I get it. And, you know, they're made up that they can make this drama out of this because too many times, you know, someone's ran away with it. That's boring as fuck, let's be honest. And so they've had to big up things like the race for fourth yeah. or <laughs> the, the fight for the Champions League or even relegation battles. And now for once they can say, we've got these two brilliant sides that are going head to head. You know, the, there was a stat, wasn't these I meant to bring it in actually because I thought it was brilliant. It was about the number of times the leads changed hands. And oh, it was, it was, I, I heard that it was mad. It was, it was like something like 14 times yeah, or something, mad. something. I haven't got it in front of me, but it was like, that that's proper drama. That's a proper fight for the title. That just keeps going. That's inter- That's surely interesting to everyone. Like like we said before, apart from Evertonians, 
I have a Tony <laughs> mate now is just so funny. Like he's just like we were trying to organise a pint there and he was just like someone suggested the Friday where we're playing Huddersfield. And I was like, well, well, we'll be going to that. And another lad was like, I'm not going. I need someone to watch it with. I'll come and watch it with you. And he, Blue Nose mate, was like, absolutely fucking not. Under no circumstances. I am not watching you win another football match. I cannot take it. And it was like, yes. We had, we had, I have to tell you this, we had the boss moments after the match because for, for people who are listening, you, you may have heard Ben John talk about Blue Nose taxi drivers in the past. And we, it, this, is a, this is a thing. Every, people can deny it all they want, but there's lots of Evertonian taxi drivers in this city. And you, Usually when Liverpool have won a big game, it's really hard to get a taxi because they're not interested. They all come out in force when we get beaten. Is that, and you can get, yeah, you is can get that a thing? Want. And, yeah. and as we were walking away from the ground, there were loads of taxis and we were saying, this is weird. It's really unusual for this to happen. And I said, I think what's happened is there's a change of mindset. What they're doing is, it's, an ins- it's like the hedge in their bets. They might as well get as much money as they possibly can for the next four weeks. So if we win the league, they can all fuck off for a month. Yeah. <laughs> they do not want to be in this city if we win the league. They're going to outer Mongolia, isn't they? <laughs> <laughs> there, is, there is something on um, the, the shift of Henderson. Um, there's something on, if I have to go to you first on it, Paul, there's something on the enjoyment factor. And... Uh, Putting him in a position where he feels as though he can make it happen is fascinating to me because he's still the same Jordan Henderson. I still, I you know, I, I appeal, a lot of people think I think that Jordan's great, and I do, but I do also think that at times Jordan's brain's better than his feet, yeah. and he sees things at times that his feet can't quite deliver, and that can be a bit frustrating for him and, and when you're watching. But I think all of a sudden, him being in a, in a position at this point in his career, at this point in his life, to almost feel as though he can he can make it happen in front of goal is is tremendous, and it's a great it's a great cross for the goal. But his, his whole performance, certainly in that second half, was 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 different class. Yeah, there's a there's a Jordan Henderson film to be made at some point. I think when we when we win this league, because I, I think it's a, it's worth pointing out this, and we've said it before, but it's worth repeating that when the likes of you and me are, are de- defending Henderson over the years, it's mainly because he's getting unfair <laughs> criticism. And we're, what we've been looking for is just a sensible conversation about Jordan Henderson. Mm. That's all we want: a sensible conversation that doesn't involve him being absolutely shite, because that is not true. And I had this with a, with an uncle a few, a few months ago, and. He started out by saying Jordan Henderson never passes the ball forward. I'm there like, I I slipped into lawyer mode. I was like, so let's just be clear on the statement you're making. (laughs) Never, ever passes the ball forward. And he's like, yes. I was like, well, I mean, that's just fucking ludicrous, isn't it? I don't even know where to go with this. I get like a a YouTube video out going, these are all passes. And, And he's like, well, is that his whole career? I was like, well, no, that's just last season. But it doesn't matter. You said he never does it which is ludicrous. And there's a whole thing about this change of position. And again, you could, I mean, there's so much to talk about that. I love the fact he's basically gone and knocked on Klopp's door and said, look, mate, I've been doing this thing for you for ages now. And I've been taking loads of shit. And we've got this lad who, I think if we're all honest, is better than me doing that thing. So can we just let him do that? And I'll go back to doing this other thing that I'm, I, I promise you. I know you don't know, <laughs> but I'm fucking brilliant at it. Like, I'm, I'm really, really good at it. I'm, I don't know when that when that goal went in. I'm watch, I was watching that game in a bar by myself in like the middle of the night in Bali, and when that goal goes in, the the let off me running around the bar going insane with like five other people looking at me like what the, f-? I mean what has happened here? They're not even watching the same telly as I'm watching. <laughs> I, I don't know what that lad's watching on telly, but whatever it is, it's 
I mean, as a redemption story, talking about the slip before with Robertson, there's just so many bits of this now. I'm, I can already see the end of season DVD where it's like, I can, <laughs> I can already see, you've already got the highlights reel where all the blue noses and the manks can get on board saying, look at all these moments, you were dead lucky. And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've also got these moments with Ro- the Robertson slip, I thought it was brilliant. And then, yeah, I mean, I, I would love it if, if Jordan Henderson is the one who out of nowhere drives us to a league title in a in a position higher up the pitch, which if he carries on as he's doing, that's that's what's going to happen. I I I love seeing him in, seeing him in this position. Yeah. Absolutely love seeing yeah. him up there. He, he's he's got that um, he's got that power about him when he gets up up the field like that. If you if you if you look at the and even in the first half, if you look at the chances in the first half, um, you've got the the ball that goes over to to Salah and he sort of hits it, he sort of shins it. Um, who's who's next to him leaping up in the air trying to get his head on it? It's Jordan Henderson. When Mane has that sort of turn and shot that looks closer than it was and everyone got a bit excited, Henderson's fuming on the edge of the box. Why didn't you leave that for me? Yeah. This is the Jordan Henderson that, you know, two months ago, everyone's, like you say, you know, comparing him to Fabinho or, what, you know, what, what what can he do in that position? This is this is what we expect from Jordan Henderson from now until the end of the season, 100%. I think he, may, I think he will return occasionally back into playing that deeper role. Gareth, it wouldn't surprise me if he actually does it against Porto if the manager puts him back there for Porto. Partially off the basis that I think he's still trying to manage Fabinho's fitness a little bit. Mm. I think I thought against Chelsea, I think Fabinho's brilliant, and then there's a bit of a last ten where because he basically has to play centre mid on his own, it's hard and you get mm. tired. Uh, but I think that this, you know, to me, it actually made me think a little bit, and it's 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 a strange comparison because I don't think he, again, he's technically as good as him, but it made me think a little bit of Yaya Torre. Like when City used to break glass and move Yaya into attack and then they just go and win the game because they should have just have started him there anyway. But it's that idea of a lad who's six foot two, physically imposing, doesn't give it away, helps you build pressure in the final third and can also create. And even though if he is a bit unorthodox, he's got all this in his locker. He's just got will, hasn't he? I mean, for me, like there's you know, there's obviously different people in in, in different trades and all all through life who deal with things differently, and you know, st- stuff will mean some massive things to one person and fuck all to the next person, and that's that's, that's the beauty of life and all that. But with Henderson, he undoubtedly feels all of it. He feels the bad times, he feels the good times. I remember years ago, um, you know, a journalist who. I don't know why, whether there's an issue me mentioning them or not, but let's not mention just in case we sometimes on the show. Um, but he, he told me that he'd interviewed Jordan Henderson in the early days and the interview had finished and he turned the tape off and then Jordan Henderson was like, so, so you know, what 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 do fans like say about me? And he was telling them and he was like, okay. And he was sort of taking that on board. And he's obviously a big thinker. You know, someone said to me, like, you know, when he when he cups the ears, that cope you mentioned before, is that is that even aimed is that maybe aimed at some of our own fans? And I was like, Well, it'd be fucking unfair if it if it was, to be honest, yes. because he's had absolutely dogs abuse from certain sections of people. And the idea that, you know, you can just go and hold yourself up in some life where you never look at what anyone's saying about you. It's very unlikely. You know, we are surrounded by the internet, we're surrounded by social media. You know, Jordan might not engage on that that much, but even so, you would suspect, you know, he, he knows what people say about him. And so, the you know, the, the fact that he feels it and the fact that he wills things to happen and the fact that he wants this title more than anything else, that, that just makes me love him all the more. I'm, I'm, I'm with everyone else around the table that, you know, he isn't and he wouldn't claim to be himself like one of the best midfielders to ever play the game. But he's he's integral to what we're doing. He's important, and I just think you know that that will that endeavour that the way he can ramp up the pace a little bit of what Liverpool are doing 
it makes Liverpool tick at times. It, it drives Liverpool on, and that's important. You need players like that, and he, because because you can sort of you know default to a a lower setting if you like. And he makes sure he makes sure for me at his best when he's in that position further forward. He turns the heat up a bit, and that's what Liverpool need. And he re- and he represents this football club incredibly well. And you yeah. know, the, 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 there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that we don't know about. So much in the dressing room. So much talking. So much communication. He's the, you know he's the, he's the, he's the man between between Klopp and the team. He is that person. Um, and you know he's he's had to work really fucking hard to get where he's at. Let's you know make no mistake. He really fucking everyone he, says everyone says that at Liverpool. Anyone you speak to, sort of behind the scenes, he works for the club or whatever. You know you'll have casual conversations when you're on trips abroad and things like that. And they all just say like he's he's he the absolute cares, man. He really fucking cares. Yeah. And it yeah. comes across in, yeah. And well, this is the other side of it as well. I, I've never understood this. And this isn't just a Jordan Henderson thing. This is, like, the first player that springs into mind for this as well is, is Dirk Cout. When you've got fans who are like, he's shite and he shouldn't be captain. And you're like, well, every manager he's ever worked with and every member of every coaching captain. staff has, has talked this highly of him. So you can say what you want about him with your sort of small window of being able to judge his performances. But everyone who sees him every minute of every day has no doubts that he's I'll, the captain. I'll listen, I'll listen to Jurgen Klopp, Brendan Rodgers, Gareth Southgate and, I don't know, someone else. Exactly. All of them. Um want to talk about the Mad Five, Paul. Um, <laughs> the Mad Five was, I, like, I was... Uh, I was I was in a bad place. I'll be honest with you. By the time, I was probably by the time the Mad Five formally finishes, I was in a terrible place. But it was sound then because it actually it's finished. Done. I just didn't yeah. know. Yeah. But I was like, why does this keep happening? When will this stop happening? And why is nobody doing anything about it? Makes it? you feel alive, doesn't it? Oh god, it did make me feel alive. It was all of a sudden just the line wasn't right for one reason or another, and and I don't quite know why. I've even watched it back, and it's it's one of them where everyone's got a point of view, but that's not a good thing. There's four, yeah. there's four different there's four different defenders who've argued. They all got a very valid point, but they could do with just sort of agreeing on one. And I think that's sort of what happens. I don't think there's, I don't think it, there's like I don't think, for instance, Matip just has a terrible five minutes, which I think a few people have tried to semi-argue. I don't think that's quite true. I think that there's all of a sudden there's just four different defenders who are thinking quite differently about the game. Yeah, I, I I'm with you on that. And it, oh, there's there's loads of upsides to this, so let's let's start with that. I, there's been quite a few moments this season, going back right to the start, when things have happened in our defence. And I'm thinking to myself, if that isn't a £75 million goalie in goal and a £75 million centre-half, everyone's going ape shit here. <laughs> if it's not Virgil van Dijk, if, if there was one with, was, I don't know whether it was the end of last season or beginning of this, where van Dijk, it was, if it was last season actually, van Dijk just goes walkabouts in Old Trafford. And one matter is by himself to do an overhead kick about 10 yards out. And not one person went, Van Dijk was shite there, wasn't he? Because it's Van Dijk and everyone loves him and it's incredible. If it's Lovren, there'd have been articles written on how shite he is. Same with Mignolet, the number of times, and don't get me wrong, before everyone kicks off, Alisson is very clearly a much better goalie. A bit similar to what we were just saying about Henderson and Fabinho. I saw Mignolet say a few a few months ago, yeah, he's better than me, basically. <laughs> Are you all right being on the bench? Yeah, he's well better than me. <laughs> I'll, I'll just be here till the end of the season then, then I'll piss off. But there are... There are there are lots of moments still where these things happen. And there's there's lots of ways you can look at it. One of them is you're playing against really good teams. So sooner or later, Klopp said in the press conference after the game, we dominated for 80 minutes and that's the most you can hope for against a team like this. Absolutely. They've got lads like Eden Hazard. Mm. They are going to get the odd chance. And yeah, then you need to rely on your big players pulling something out. Like, and it, I mean, even the Allison save for me is just a standard save. He should be saving that. Um, the one that hits the post, just pure luck. 
I think Alisson does well for it. To be fair, the one that it's the post. I think Alisson says oh, if, you're gonna, if you're going to score past me, I, I you've think, got this slither of room to I, do it. I think this is one of the biggest things about Alisson. It, it's similar to De Gea when we've talked over the years when people are like, yeah, but loads of the times the lad just misses. And you're like, no. yeah, it's because the goalies go in. Well, mate, if you want to score past me, you've got to put it right in that corner. He looks enormous all of yeah. a sudden. Yeah. He looks massive. And, and, and like you said, you know, let, let, make no mistake about it. That take from Hazard, the way he controls that ball, say, the Jesus fucking Christ. Yes. There's nothing, there's nothing you do about that yeah. apart from make yourself enormous and say that's that's your little sliver exactly uh, yeah it's insane but I do think that my, my one take on the, the defence side of things is I think I think Joel Matip's created a real problem for Klopp because I think he's playing well enough that you, it's hard to drop him in the context of how Klopp manages a team but he's still not quite everything you want and then there's a you can have a separate debate about whether Lovren would be the exact same. But for me, Lovren is a better centre back than Matip. Just if you if you're ranking your centre backs, Lovren is ahead of Matip in quality and experience and all the rest of it. But Matt Matip's actually being like useful and a tool in terms of being able to play football, though, wasn't he? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like not just the defence. Do you know what I mean though? Like he, I yeah. he, in, in terms Going of getting forward, us back on the front. Matip goes on like, mad adventures. There was, ball, there was a ball like you know the confirmation bias type thing. There was you know the ball for Van Dijk and Bayern Munich that everyone absolutely raves about. Matip's played the same ball. Yeah. And, and no one's raving about it because it's matter. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Although and, there, on the other side of that, there is if we ever if we did, I I don't think we should sell matter. I think as a fourth choice centre back, he, right. he's he's great. Yeah. Actually, really, really good. But if you do decide to sell him, there is an incredible YouTube video you can make of him that makes him look like he's better than Alan Hansen. Like I always think this when someone sends me like, have you seen this lad? And they just name some lad you've never heard of, and he's someone like taking on twenty players, and then it's cuts to the next clip, and I always think. But what happened at the end of him taking on the 20 players? <laughs> and then you buy that lad and you see what happened. He just kicks it out. And it's like, and it's like that with Matip, isn't it? How many times have we seen it? Like He just loves that. Yeah. He beat, can beat three and then just pass it to their defensive centre midfield. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, all right. I, I think that mad, that mad section where, where Chelsea get in there a couple of times and everyone's panicking a little bit. I I wonder, like the, the ground to me felt at its most raucous in the 90 around about then as well. And, you know, it was really proper blood up stuff. And I just wondered, to be honest with you, did they all just get a bit carried away? Yeah. Like, like, like yeah. you know, we've got two, we can fucking get two, <laughs> five here. Come on, boys, let's go. Da, da, da. But this thing we're, we're all doing, I'm in the ground going goal difference now, lads. You're like, forget, we're forget, completely forgetting even Hazard's on the. You've bit. got a sho- you've got a shoulder some blame here, lads. To be yeah. fair, yeah. <laughs> we've got to take it collectively. Uh, it's a it's that a great sub, uh, James, by the manager, and when Alden comes on and does exactly what he's told to do, he just comes on and calms it down. There's a point straight after coming on where he just carries it through the midfield a little bit, sort of holds three off in that way, yeah. which is it, it doesn't actually beat them. They're still around. And involved in the just ball in the, some he's way. Just got the ball. Yeah, and no, yeah. no one else is getting it. And then he lays it off, and or, or he wins the foul. I think in this occasion, and but it really does. It's just like the pressure just completely goes. I I, I think it's fascinating to me that there's this five minutes, which which feels as though I will have nightmares about, <laughs> and then it, it disappears as quickly as it arrived. When Alden comes on, and Liverpool just shepherd the rest of the game through, it really, really in a really really mature way. Yeah, again, like yeah, it's it's the it's the word mature, isn't it? It's that grown up performance. It's going right. This is it now. You've had you've had your mad five spell that's that's all you're getting out of this now um but what what a, what a lovely position to to finally be in to have a proper squad 
you know, I know it's been it's been thrown around a lot, but you know, what a position we can we can bring on someone like Ginny Wijnaldum to just you know who's I mean, like like Gareth said, the kid's absolutely knackered. He's exhausted from this season, but he can come on for fifteen minutes and do an do an incredible job for you, can't he? Yeah, he's. It's funny actually talking about the loving about the stats and the new stats show and all of that when you're doing the, the those lovely pictures where it shows you how good midfielders are in different areas. Genuine Alden must be like, I do this boss thing though that none of you have got a staff for, which is the thing you've just mentioned. Yeah, I just get the ball, give me the ball, and no matter what happens, it's like a magic trick. In five minutes, I'll still have it, yeah. and you won't know how because the other lads are all still there, and it's like they're looking at him going, but you're not, and you're not going anywhere. But it's like, yeah, but. It was like I've it was like he came it. on and went like yeah I've seen the crowd be like this before um, so yeah. forget that I'm just gonna keep the ball for a bit and calm you all down a bit and uh, you know let's take the sting out let's be a bit more professional and then all of a sudden you're right it just sort of as quickly as it came that little weird spell it went away again and then all of a sudden Liverpool looked hugely in control it looked like Chelsea had decided ah not getting back yeah. in this mm-hmm. and even the manager afterwards he has a little bit of a moan about the ref but he it. it it wasn't even that convincing, the moan. It was like, so he had the moan and then went, Liverpool are boss though, you know. <laughs> Dead hard to play against and, you know, I'm not that bothered. Two, two nils, all right. We'll, we'll move on type of thing. And it was like, yeah, you know, we're, we're at that stage again, aren't we? We're lots of man, lots of opposition managers are just going, well, go ahead then. What would you do? Yeah, um, yeah. And it's, it's 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 just a brilliant time to be a Liverpool fan. I think that can't that can't be said well, enough. On because that, you know this side you said or Kopi said I think at the start undoubtedly is one of the best sides we've ever seen. On that Gareth, the atmosphere was everything you could ask for. The, the yeah. moment when the blood was up, when everyone was absolutely feral in the grounds after around the time of Salah's goal. You know, first half it was mostly patient. There was a couple of little grumblings, but. I think people believed in the team, believed in the same values that the team believed in were going to come through for them second half. And then there's a lot of players' names getting sung. And, yeah. you know, that's that's really pleasing me, to be honest with you. Like, you know, I think that the managers could be in the middle of the greatest bit of feat of management that anyone that anyone's ever achieved uh, if, he, if he manages to get this squad through. And I don't think it's just tactics. I think it's a lot of things if he manages to get this team to win this league this season. But I like how he's irrelevant to the 90 minutes from the point of view of the crowd. It's the players. The players The players rightly get the focus. The players rightly get the praise from the crowd. Absolutely. And and, and they. it's good. The way, I think so many aspects, like you say, of what's gone on have been really clever, both from Klopp, from lots of people at the club, from the attitude of the players that we've now got at the club as well. And I think that's no coincidence. I think the, the recruitment's been really good. The sort of progress of youth through the system has been a lot better than it's been in the past. And all of it's created... A, a brilliant culture around the first team and around the club right now and I, I think the fans as well have, have got on board and are in the right place I mean you just think about it. obviously it helps having a great side and obviously it helps being at the top of the league but how many years how many seasons have we gone where there's been an issue about something that fans are continually discussing whether it's a player whether it's a manager whether it's tickets whether it's atmosphere whether it's you know foreign fans fans from Liverpool whatever it all sort of seeps away a little bit at times like these. And I think I think the fans have been great. You know, groups like the Spine Cop and Spirit of Shankly and people we have on here and stuff have all talked week after week about the importance of, of us setting the tone at Anfield and things like that. And, and enjoying it. And enjoying it, yeah. And, and you know, I think I think we'll, we'll all say that there was a little bit of a wobble um, for that Leicester game. And, you know, it wasn't great to hear one of our own players saying... The atmosphere was was nervous today, and that 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 seeped through, and we we sensed that. I think ever since then, it's been absolutely spot on, and you know that 
you know, I've been going to match for a long time, and those like nerves that are, like you just sense it yourself, and you just think, I won't want to play in this, you know, where everyone's like, ah, 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 only five minutes left, ah, and just isn't that there's there's a real trust there, and it's it's superb. I mean, and and the grounds. You know, the ground's bigger now as well. and That doesn't even get mentioned much, but, you know, the main stands, you know, once upon a time, there was gripes about that. But the, that's a, an imposing stand. Yeah. And, what? you know, I, I know Spurs fans are all, you know, getting really excited about their new ground. Fair place to It looks great, but Anfield's, Anfield's still got the power, telling you. Um, and we've seen it in recent weeks. It's been brilliant. I like the post-match. Do you hang on after the game a little bit? Do you, do you rush out? No, left. You left. Did you hang on a little bit post match? I liked it to do the to do the video. I could hear, I could hear everyone though still going, and I, 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 I like, gathered Klopp was punching the air. There, there was the, the, there's, there's the bit where he punches the air, but it's more than that. It was before Klopp was even involved in that bit. There was a real sort of surge of right, go on, you know, like like roaring at them again. Which you know, you're not human if you don't take that into training. Yeah. You're not human if that doesn't go in the dressing room. If that doesn't go in, you know, you know, James. If that doesn't lead into, for instance, Porto away. Porto was an away game. It'll be an intimidating ground. They'll be they're, they're a better side than they were last season. You know, it's not going to be easy for Liverpool, but they go knowing there's, you know, they've got the, they get to carry the memory of these fifty five thousand lunatics all screaming at them once the game's finished, all saying, "Come on, let's go here." And, and Porto's next, but you, and you just think that Liverpool again, they're not human if they're not bouncing into it. That's yeah. the, I think that's the main mm-hmm. thing here. They're not human if they're not bouncing, and they're and they're and they're riding a wave as well at the moment. You know, the momentum that's carrying through all these performances. You know, away to Porto. Yeah, you know, we've got a, we've got a two 0 lead there. Suddenly, that doesn't feel like a, 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 as big a deal. It feels like a given. Obviously, you know, you you never take it as such. But if it, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's an enjoyment there. There's a, you know, these these lads, they they must. I'd I'd love to be a fly on the wall. I'd love to see the atmosphere in this in in the dressing room after after some of these games. I'd love to see how much fun these boys must be having because everything that's put in front of them, they just smash it out of the way. Yeah, it's it, it's 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 incredible. Uh, yeah, well, if I was actually, I was there for all that. It's funny that I, I don't consider that post match. I'm like, yeah, this is part of the match. I don't understand why people are, <laughs> why are people leaving now. Um. And I, I think because because I'm in the main stand, where like the where the last stand they see as they walk off, and you can see their faces and you can see the body language of them. And for me, that's all really important because they're leaving. And for that moment, you've got to think. And we've we chatted to Steve Warnock a lot about this. When they're in the game, they can feel the atmosphere. And if you're playing fullback, whatever, like Andy Robertson said to you and stuff, yeah, you, you can hear the fellas next to you when you go get the ball for a throw in. But I would say for the most part, for most players, they're, they're focused. They're in the zone. But it's those moments when when you come out of that almost trance-like state, being the elite pro, then you can take in the atmosphere. You're suddenly connecting, aren't you? Yeah. Well, in that moment when you're walking off the pitch and you're looking into the whites of people's eyes and they're going to you, this is absolutely brilliant, lads. Keep going. Just keep going. And you can see, you almost see them leave the pitch another foot taller. Like, well, this is incredible. And there was even, you know, I know it was only like a really small thing, but, but I liked it because I like him. But, you know, like... There's been that if you're looking for something to 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 sort of troublemaker if you like about Liverpool in recent weeks, it's been, ooh, something's gone on there between the uh, the manager and Shakiri. You know, well, how come he's not playing Shakiri? Well, he gets on for one, but also the manager and Shakiri celebrate a goal together. Yeah, they hug each yeah. other with big smiles on the faces. Yeah. That didn't look like two fellas who've got a huge problem with each other. 
And I think, you know, it was a, sh- it was a real shit. I felt so sorry for him the other week when he gets stripped to come on as that <laughs> oh, late yeah, so yeah. and just doesn't get on. It's like, oh, God poor shit kid. He had to warm down, you know. I know. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, I just want to go and give the fella a big hug, you know what I mean? <laughs> Have a chat with him about his mad calves. But, uh... <laughs> Do you know what, though? I was thinking about this as well. Like, I, there's been loads of talk about when you, to win the league, and I've been one of them. You need, like, your, your Makeda moment that United had and all of that. And I was just thinking about it a few weeks ago, thinking... We've had them. We've had a few. We've of them, already yeah. had them. When you look back at the season, why everyone else is fuming. And and I genuinely think as well, when you're talking <laughs> about like the, getting the squad through and getting them all. And if you're Shakiri, think about think about his life before he came here. If he never gets another minute for Liverpool this season, we win the league and he'll go. I'm deserving my medal, lads. I scored two goals against Man United. Yeah. And if I did nothing else, which I did by the way, I contributed loads. So before this all changed, He's got six league goals. Yeah. It's like I've done my bit. Yeah. We've had like we've had the, Origi all, the same. Origi the same. And he was even thinking about Lalana came back for that game and then has fallen off the face Chelsea. of the planet again. <laughs> but he came back and threw in that tackle against Burnley, was it? Yeah. And he'll rightly go, well, I contributed. Simon I, I'd Mi- say in that game. Simon Mignolet deserves his, his, his winner's medal this season just for being brilliant on social media. <laughs> for nothing else. Yeah. It is It is a big ask. Listen, loads and loads of preview stuff knocking around for Porto. Uh, Paul and Gareth are about to go and do a Porto preview video. Now, if you haven't seen our YouTube stuff, our video that's on there, please do be excited by it. Please do go and subscribe. It's really, really good stuff. So they're going to shoot off and do that right now. Uh, our app should be out next week. Uh, I am indeed excited for it. I just showed James Boss in it. It's, it's, yeah, it's sexy. Uh, there you are. <laughs> that's a lot it. to enjoy. The reviews are in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the reviews are in. Uh, that should be out next week. There's always a shudder around these things. I'm sure you understand that. Uh, do download that and do tell your friends to do so as well. It will be the best place to get all your Anfield app content, including that video too. Uh, thank you very much indeed to Paul, to James and to Gareth. It has been the Anfield app this week. Liverpool have got four more games to go, four more opportunities to put three points on the board. Four more times we get to go mad and absolutely love the Reds in the league. And we've got this European bonus as well. It's been the Anfield Wrap in association with Reds Bet. Redsbet.com if you want to sign up for that sort of thing. Uh, thank you very much to them and thank you very much to you for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network.